you will not be disappointed. You really won't be. You will not be. You will not be. Not suitable for children. So I have to go here. So do, have you ever, have you ever met anyone? Do you ever meet people and you like look at them and you're like, I'm not gonna fuck with that. There's oh, people, like when I see their charts, get them for like all these cosmic systems. You get their info. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, no way now. Like I'll know right away if like I'm gonna, if I'm gonna get along with someone, if our connection is like maybe we knew each other in a past life kind of thing. The only time that I really steer away from someone is if I see something. You guys, today's episode has me fired up. I'm just back from a couple of days at the beach in Florida for my birthday. And today's guest is someone who I've gotten to know really well over the last 10 months. Before we get started, I want to say thank you. Wow, wow, wow. I just logged in to see the analytics for the show and you guys are giving me the best birthday gift a girl could ask for. You're spreading the word about the show and actually blowing my mind. With just these first five episodes, there are 80 of you following the show and 30% of the people that are listening haven't even hit follow yet. So if you're creeping, LOL, I'm just kidding. But if you are listening and not following yet, go ahead and hit follow. It's anonymous in the analytics. I can't see who's following the show. It just shows me a number of people who've hit the button. People are listening from 11 countries. Big shout out to Europe and South America. You guys are tuning in and spreading the word about the show. I'm so grateful. Most people are listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but there are about 10% of listeners who are coming through on the smaller podcasting apps or just websites in general. So far, there have been over 1,025 plays of just these first five episodes, and this is where my mind's blown. There have been over 2,900 impressions for the show just on Spotify. Apple doesn't show me that. This makes me so happy that you guys are resonating with the content. And when I saw that over 2,100 of you are searching for the name, The Infinite Drop, and the Spotify search bar, it just lit me up. It makes me so grateful because the only way that could be happening is if you're telling your friends and family and spreading the word. So Thank you so much. Literally, this is the best birthday present I could get. If you're enjoying these shows and you're one of the 30% of people who aren't following yet, please go ahead and just take a moment, hit follow, just make sure you don't miss any shows. And also, I'd be really grateful if you could just take a moment right now, maybe you hit pause and drop a review, lets other people know that this podcast is worth following. Okay, so that's enough about that. One last thing, on Spotify, there's an option to leave a voice note. So if you like hearing the analytics I just ran through, let me know, and I'll do it from time to time. I just want to check in with you guys and let you know where the show's at. So if you hate me doing what I just did, let me know, and I won't do it again. I want this to be a show that you can turn on and get immersed in and just be stoked on. So, okay, <sighs> take it down a notch. Back to podcaster voice. Let's go ahead and drop in with Caitlin Carehart. Welcome to the Infinite Drop. Guten Tag. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the Infinite Drop. Oh, hello. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Everybody, today's so exciting. We have Caitlin Carehart here. She is an absolute force. She's a musician with songs that have garnered more than a million plays on Spotify. They've been featured on TV shows, including HBO. She's also a Penguin Random House international bestselling author. Her book, You Are Cosmic Code, is a guide for decoding the very real magic you can harness by understanding the number patterns that are preset in your life. She's a Lord of the Rings super fan, a deep lover of nature. It's true. She, she's a Lord of the Rings super fan, a deep lover of nature, and funny as fuck. Her gift game fires at a speed that's near off planet, but my favorite part about Caitlin is her incredibly kind heart and the way she channels fierce emotion into music that feels like the soundtrack for the age of Aquarius. Hey, girl. Damn, oh, my God. That's like the best <laughs> intro I've ever had. It's fucking true. Whoa, okay. It's true. Right. <laughs> it's true. Okay, well, this is super exciting for me because you're my first in-person guest on the on the show. I'm oh, so really? Excited. Yeah, you're my first in-person. Oh, damn. Yeah, we're sitting in my apartment in Nashville, by the way. Okay, so you just psychically tuned in because I was going to say we're sitting in Nashville looking yeah. out over the city. 22 floors up. 22 floors up looking out over Music City. Yeah, yeah. That's what they call this place. A uh, a drinking city with a music problem, right? Yeah, exactly. That is kind. That is how I see Nashville for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad we could make time to have this happen today. So, 
We're both cosmic detectives. We're both into cartomancy, but we vary because I tap into the intuitive realm and use tarot Mm -hmm. and you are more into the mystical realm and use numbers. And what's so cool, like when we start combining that stuff together, it really paints a bigger picture and it starts to emerge. And I kind of feel like that's how we came to be connected. Yeah. Maybe you can talk about how we ended up in each other's orbits here in Nashville. Yeah, I met you. I went to a brunch with a friend and I remember I was ordering an Uber to leave because I don't have a car here. And like right as I hit to order the Uber, she goes, wait, do you actually want to come with me to see a tarot card artist? And to be honest, like I've never really been into tarot readings. I'm just like, well, I can read tarot myself. So if I want to pull cards, I could pull cards. Like, but I had been going through a really bad breakup and I was like, you know what? I think I could use some support and I don't really want to go home and be sad right now. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll go with you. And then I met you and the reading was just so intense and like, so I don't even know the words for it. It was just, I've never seen someone read tarot like you do. And it was so spot on. I mean, the reading you gave me, I actually thought was about something from the past, but the very next day, everything came to play out that you had kind of predicted, which was wild. And then I, we had followed each other on Instagram and I immediately messaged you when I got your birthday and realized we're in the same year cycle. I was like, oh my God, we need to be friends. (laughs) And yeah, there are so many synchronicities and it's kind of just been one wild dragon ride ever since. Dude, okay, I love we're already on the psychic train because the next thing is about dragon energy, of course. But um, we're going into a dragon year too next yep. week in the Chinese. Chinese year uh-huh. of the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So that day it was an intense reading because um you came in with like you said a mutual to friend. other people. Yeah. Well and it was my first time hanging out with her. Oh, wow. So okay. that was like a pretty intense reading. <laughs> like I remember sitting there and I was like, don't you guys want to like, you know, do your reading without me? And they're like, no, it's fine. And then all of a sudden you tune into me and you're like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Like, whoa. yeah. You had very strong and I can feel it now. Like when I tap into it, I can feel it again. It was this very intense, like beautiful. It was light. It was beautiful. It was from the angelic realm, but it was silver. Mm -hmm. And it was this female energy and it was just swirling like a vortex over your head. And I was like, who the fuck is this chick? I like started sweating and I dropped the cards Yeah, and I was like, what's going on? And you were like, I'm sweating too. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a lot, but anyway, I'm glad you brought up dragons. You and I do talk about dragons a lot yeah. and dragon We're energy big fans of the fourth wing big big fan zeta <laughs> yeah huge fans plus your dragon in the maya i'm dragon in the maya and that's part of my earth family as according to the mayan cosmology so i was like oh we're going to get along. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, we'll get, we'll get to that yeah, later yeah. there. There's like so I'm much a world to bridger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're actually the first person who introduced me to the Mayan dream mm-hmm. spell system. I'd heard of it, but not at the level you were kind of going into. <laughs> remember it when you came out to Asheville and I remember that we had spent an evening by the fire with the woman who taught me everything that I know. And like, again, I like, I'm just scratching the surface. She is an absolute master. We call her mama Pacha. She, um, Shout out Mama Pacha. Yeah, right. You can go to zavuya.space. Um, we can link that below. But uh, I remember we spent the night by the fire with her and we were talking about it. And then like we went back to my parents' house and you slept in the guest bedroom. I slept in my room. And then we woke up the next morning like, oh my God, I have decoded everybody. <laughs> and it was like, and this and that and this and that. Like you were so amped up. And I was like, yeah, girl, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's a system that really resonates once you start learning about it. It's like, oh my God, this is all of the answers in the universe are right here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you were the one that told me, you said, you're a red crystal dragon. Yeah. And when you said the, that, I felt like like that I just felt this huge sigh of relief like that's what I feel inside me a lot yeah and I have a lot of Aries you got the red hair too I've got red hair I've got a lot of Aries and Virgo in my chart and so I've got a lot of air and fire running Mm -hmm. through me that's just part of who I am and so it felt really aligned when you were like you're a red crystal dragon and I was like 
how that tracks. Like, well, and it was, it's my dragon year in the Maya mm-hmm. um, that started on my birthday and I was with you on my birthday as well. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to, sp- I want to spend my day with a dragon on the start of my dragon. And then year. we did that tarot reading and oh my oh, God, that's crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just leave it there. So when I think of a dragon and just the color red, that's really, kind of, it's actually what the energy right now feels like at the beginning of the start of the Chinese year of the dragon. And so I want to know what your relationship is to dragon energy beyond that, why you might feel called to. I know you and Mama Pacha were very, Mama Pacha was like, you're a dragon. She was so yeah. excited by that. So what does that mean for people who don't, we're saying all these words like Mayan dream spell and yeah. dragon. What's dragon energy to you? I feel like dragon energy to me just gets me so amped up. I just feel like there's something that amplifies me when I think about dragons. It's like this aggressive, I'm going to fucking just get it. It's like that Daenerys Targaryen energy before she went kind of evil. It's that fire breathing, passion, going for your goals, but also, you know, dragons fly. So it's that freedom. So I look at it as freedom and amplification and mysticism. You know what I mean? All the things that we love. (laughs) It's like, yeah, (laughs) all our favorite things. That's why we love the fourth wing because they're at that Bosgioth. <laughs> oh my God, Basquiat, Zayden, Dragon Rider, Dragon Zayden, look it up. You will not be disappointed. You really won't be. You will not be. You will not be. Not suitable for children. Mm-hmm. So I have to go here. Mm-hmm. A couple months ago, you played me three unreleased songs that okay. are set to come out sometime this year. Yeah, yeah. And Caitlin, dude, I was floored. She yeah. actually was. And also, I just want to say for those of you who may not personally know Aubrey. She is the most brutally honest person ever, okay? I know that someone once showed her a song and she was not into it and she laughed and was like, um, is this for real? And it was. Oh my God. Okay. Um, yeah. That's but, true. That's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a true story. And so, I don't, I don't do it in a cruel way. It's just no, my she's dragon. Not mean it's, at all. it's my dragon. But also what I love about Aubrey is like, you like, if you're going to come to her, you know, you're going to get honest feedback. And the thing is, I appreciate that because it makes, it pushes me to be better and you'll always keep it real too. You're like, Hey, this could have been better or no, 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 you did a good job. So whenever you give praise, it's again, anyone who's had a terror rating with you will definitely say this as well. You do not sugarcoat. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, that's that dragon fire. Yeah, and I've I've always been like that. I'm just it's one of my highest values. I actually talked about it on um, the podcast that comes out right before this one about yeah. just what my values are in there: transparency, openness, loyalty. Oh my god, same. Yeah. yeah. If we can't just talk real to each other, it just becomes this crazy hallway of mirrors and masks of illusion, and it's, mm. it's such it's just such a waste of time. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in the car. You're like, hey, I've never played these for anyone besides the yeah. person mixing it. I co-produced it with this other girl, Sosha. She's electronic DJ producer and I am more of a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. So we combined our strengths together to create the songs that I played for you. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, so you hit you hit play and my body is immediately, immediately feeling it. I'm like, oh my God. This is what the new world sounds like. And yeah. you, it's true. It's 100% true. You have to take that quote. Yeah. <laughs> put it somewhere. Oh, you can put it somewhere. I think you're going to be... New world sound. I mean, I could say a lot of stuff right here. I think that will be a line that is used. You, uh, you captured it. And it's just this sound. These three songs, they're just so unique. And the sound slides just right into your heart. It's so unexpected and seductive. I've never been to Istanbul, but it just feels like moving through this nightscape and you Mm. could be anywhere in the world and it feels hopeful and sexy and just, I could not put a a genre with it. I I just, I don't know that there's a genre right now and I'm not overstating this. I heard it and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is good. I mean, thank you. It it has been hard to kind of put it in a certain genre because I have sent the songs around to people in the industry and a lot of people really, really love them and, you know, fuck with them, but they're like, what, what, where do we put you? But I also think music is kind of moving in that direction, hopefully, you know, because I think we were going through a stage where people, it was almost like there was a moment in music where I felt like everyone was just carbon copies of what was popular. It's like, there were like a hundred people trying to be Kendrick Lamar, all these people trying to sound like Drake or Post Malone. And you know, even in the pop world too. And I think that now people are kind of just 
letting their freak flag fly and making whatever music they want because online, you know, you can you can really be anything. You don't really have to fit in a box anymore. Also, Pluto moving into Aquarius. That's really that energy of just like being your weirdo self. I think I actually said to you, I think it was the first song that you played. um, And again, I was, I was just blown away, but I remember, I think I, I think I said this to you. I thought it, if I didn't say it, but I I felt, I, I felt like this could be a number one hit song in any country, any language in the world. Damn. No, it's, it's true. Like you hit so many sounds (laughs) and you know, I've, I've heard your, you know, your music from before and it's wonderful. It's beautiful. But this is like, I was like, what, where did this come from? Where did this come from? So I want to know, I know you've popped all over, you've lived all over the world. You've kind of been around that way. Would you say you picked up different music tonalities and sounds or does it come from an internal space? Is it from extraterrestrial? Where are you getting this? Yeah, I think, I definitely think that my background and just living in so many different cities definitely probably influences my music. And I also noticed that when I'm in LA, I'll start leaning a little more electronic. When I'm in Brooklyn, I'm a little more, I can't even, I don't even know how I'd explain it. When I'm in Brooklyn or New York in general, I kind of pull from a bunch of different places. And when, I, when I'm in North Carolina, I just want to make singer songwriter, guitar and a voice. And then you're here in Nashville. Actually, I'm going to jump in. Do you feel inspired to make music here? What does Nashville- You know what's so weird is I moved here because of a music deal that I was in and then I had some health issues. So I kind of just took a huge break and a huge pause last year from everything. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever taken a break from music. So it was a really big deal. And I didn't even know if I'd return. And I went through a major heartbreak. So I just was not in a place of creative energy flowing. What's weird though, is I felt my least inspired in Nashville And I really couldn't tell you why you think that this would be the place I'd be the most amplified by, you know, it's it's music city. Yeah. And I was just in LA for a month. Um, I just got back yesterday. And when I was in LA, I started like having music come back and I was playing piano all the time. I don't know what it is. And it's not, I'm not trying to like knock anything. It's Nashville because clearly it's the music city. So, you know, I'm probably rare in this, in this view, but Maybe I just have bad memories associated with it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you you did go through a lot. I went through a lot. We were in the same kind of year cycle. Yeah. For people that aren't familiar, and I'm not the expert here, Caitlin is, people go through these year patterns. I kind of talked about it at the top, introing Caitlin in, but we were both in a year nine, which is represented by like death, transformation, and oftentimes in these cycles, you'll go through just a lot of things being um, ripped away or a lot of painful endings. Or a lot endings, of- yeah. And we both went through um, painful breakups last year. You know, th- there was a lot of uh, parallels that we were kind of in, which is also very typical of the year nine anyways, right? Like yeah. whatever's not in alignment has to go. But when you're in that, you feel like, Oh my God. <laughs> and when, and when it's like career and relate, it's like all these things happening. You're yeah. like, what? And you don't feel creative and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. You feel, I mean, it literally felt like I was dying last year and now we're in our year one, which is the year of self and new beginnings. And it's almost like last year we were in the cocoon and this year we're the butterfly, right? Like flying. And now like the creativity is coming back, but it's because like there were so many things we had to let go of last year in order to make space for so many lessons to learn about yeah. just values oh and all of that. And so, so this episode, I'm actually, I'm trying to kind of like weave it into the theme of the star card. I don't, you know, every episode I'm trying to tie in one of the major arcana cards and the star card comes after the tower. And if you're not familiar, the tower is kind of the year nine. It's like yeah, when shit definitely. just hits the fan. It's like you just it's such a tower moment. And then the star card is really representative of that year one. And it's I actually just did an Instagram. I did like a 90 second meditation on the star card. Mm-hmm. If you want to get more on it and watch that there. But it's basically it's this grace of God that comes around or you call it the grace of the infinite web or the universe. After a really dark night of the soul, there does seem to be this almost like extra magic sauce that kind of flows over you. And it's happens every time. Like there's just, there's just not a time when it doesn't happen. And that's the star card. And you see this woman and she's naked and she's got the um, Pleiadian star system above her with seven stars. There's actually an eighth star. And that's for ancient numerology reasons. Eight was very holy, is very holy. But you know, you see the Pleiadian star system. She's got the grace of God. She's naked. She's so abundant at this point after the tower that she's actually got two cups of water. It's the card of Aquarius, which is what I am. Yeah. She's got two 
jugs of water and she's dipping one in the lake and she's so abundant. She's just spilling the other one in the grass. Like yeah, it's just she like, knows it's going to come back. Yeah. It's just, yeah. she's so. She's well, also so eight is the infinity symbol, right? So that's also like a kind of a cool visual when you think about it. That, like a rebirth. Yeah. But also just like her pouring the water out, but also taking in the water mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of that, that symbol. Yeah, right. But absolutely. also, you know, I think, and we talked about this because we're friends in the real life, but uh, I feel like for as low as you go, there has to be a high that balances it. And so I feel I'm like LFG, baby. Let's go. I'm like feeling we're like both so yeah. amped lately. We're We've like, let's so fucking go. No, I know. And it's funny because I, there's this meme out there that's like rock bottom has a basement. And that was like literally 2023 for me. It was like, it could not like just when I thought, oh, it can't get any worse. It got so, so much worse. And now I feel, you know, we just learned so much too. Like just the fact that like I wake up every day, I, I don't have like health issues or like yeah. grief and heartbreak that are like so present in my life. I'm just like, wow, life is magical. And I think that also, you know, aligns with the star energy. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I've had a lot of companies over the course of my life. I mean, I have companies that are 15, 20 years old that I've been working on for that mm-hmm. long. And I think for me last year, part of it was almost um, my brain moves really fast. My energy moves fast. And it was almost like a traffic jam happened. It was like all this energy from companies that were just old and like needed to be restructured kind of got clogged up. Yeah. And I kind of just lost that creative vision. And then once I started coming out of it and like untangling it, I was like, oh my God, there's so much good stuff here. And once I was able to put things and like rearrange it and make it for what I want it to be now, today and 2024 moving on, it's now all these opportunities are just magnetizing and it's, yeah. I just had to get that energy block well, you out of cleared the space. I cleared space. Right. Cause that's yeah. like, we only have so much in our, our cups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to empty it out, fill it up. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the music. What's cool. I, and I didn't know this until like, I didn't know this till more recently, but you're actually, you not only write songs, which uh-huh. is great. You have this beautiful singing voice. You also play guitar and piano. And I know people like, Mostly they know you for the mystical number yeah, stuff. Astrology and astrology. Yeah, but honestly, I feel like your music is right on time for this emergence into the age of Aquarius. There's just a big part of me that thinks your maybe like your command of numbers somehow plays a foundational undernote and how you're able to create these combinations of sounds that I have never heard. And I love music. <laughs> I love it. So I'm like, is she going into some kind of number patterning? So I I mean, we know numbers and music play in the same space. We know that, mm-hmm. right? So what do you think or feel when I reflect that back? Well, I mean, there are definitely different frequencies that I put in the music. I mean, just like how you, you know, listen to like angel frequencies or, you know, 444 hertz or 888 hertz, things like that. And then that abundance meditation that I created for the money making masterclass that you were listening to, like I put specific like binaural beats and frequencies in there. So I'm always kind of thinking about the consciousness of the music itself, because there are a lot of things that are in popular music that actually disrupt your energy. Even Kanye's talked about that, how like 808s actually can like scramble your energy, make you feel confused, even though they sound awesome. Energetically, like you might notice when you listen to really popular music afterwards, you feel kind of exhausted or like sick or whatever. And then also music really is programming and I feel like I'm always conscious of that too. Like, what are the words that I'm saying? Especially now. That's why the songs that you heard in the car, all of them have this like running theme of self-discovery, but also empowerment. It's really important to me that I want people to feel empowered when they listen to my music. But, you know, I would say, and I can go on forever, the connection between numbers, numerology, and music. I think the reason why numerology just instantly uh, kind of, like I understood it so well is because I grew up a musician and uh, music is just pattern recognition, right? It's a series of patterns and so are numbers, right? Like numerology is pattern recognition. And I think that using numerology is the greatest tool for us to understand our patterns. When we understand our patterns, we have ultimate growth. Wow. Yeah. I, I really, I really think, I mean, I'm making a prediction here. I don't have my cards. So like, this is not a totally official prediction, (laughs) but I feel, um, I feel like your music is going to end up surpassing all of the other things, the best selling book, the numbers, like that's, it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but I just, I see the music. I'm like, damn, like once people hear this, like it's, it's just 
you just have to hear it. I can't, I can't say more. I'm gushing at this point. um, (laughs) I know you say that often. I'm like, really? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's legit. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when I'm writing for creative purposes, whether it's a book or poetry or whatever, I'm almost, um, I'm almost like hearing or feeling a melody that sort of flows through the cadence of the words and the feeling of the sound helps me to evoke deeper feelings in the reader than -hmm. what would normally occur by just saying essentially the same thing, but in a different layout or waterfalling of the words. So when I, I'm the way my brain works, I will, um, I'm talking in my head, but when I type it out Mm -hmm. and then I go back and read it, there's just this, I know when to drop a word to the next line. I know when to cut, I know when to clip. So we're also both into writing poetry. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like that, right? Like there's so many ways that you could say something, but when you actually put it down in lyric or poem form, I go form, into some wisdom just, from, it's really, you, you let cut to the chase. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a vision forming yet for the music this year? It feels like you're beginning to put more of a focus back on the music now and looking to maybe show that side more. Yeah. Cause I took such a long break from creating music and it's wild that we're recording this right now because it was just this past week that old demos like the ones that I played you are starting to get mixed now and there is some there is a plan to put them out there I think that I'm such a different person now than I was even the past few years after what I went through last year now I feel like the most empowered version of myself and so I think that the music I'm about to make this year is going to be just so different and something that I can't really predict and I'm really excited just to go on that creative journey again, you know? Yeah. I can really see, I just feel like everything's moving back into people valuing experiences more. Mm -hmm. And I just can see, I can just kind of see in my mind's eye, these experiences where people come into a world you're creating with these sounds that are so multi-layered and different and just having, you're having a mystical experience by being there. And I think more and more we're looking for those artists and those shows and those experiences and festivals where that happens. So I can really see you moving in that direction. Well, that, that was my vision like years and years and years ago in 2016, because a lot of people, I mean, everyone in the music industry telling me, they're like, you need to stop this like mystical stuff. This is, what are you doing? You should just be doing music. So many people told me that and I remember like the last meeting I took with a label, I told them, I was okay, let's say I, I quit all the mysticism, right? Let's just, I bottle that up. How am I even going to support myself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, this is my, this is my career, right? Like music is my love. And it's not that I don't love the mysticism I do, but you know, this is also part of my job, right? And, you know, everyone just looked at me like dumbfounded. And then it's funny because, you know, the mystical people in my life had told me, you know what, like, music was like a good thing. Like maybe like you just focus on this because you're so good at at numbers and numerology and astrology. And for me, they're both so prominent in my personality. They're both two sides of me. Why why do I need to choose? Well, that's very Capricorn too. You have to choose. Now we're Aquarius and it's like, you can mix anything together. Yeah. And I do think like you were talking about this the other day. I think it was even yesterday. My time zones are messed up right now, but everyone is like a multi-hyphenate version of themselves now. And I think like we're moving out of putting people in a box, but I feel like, again, back in 2016, I had some like crazy ideas for shows that were literally these spiritual experiences and nobody wanted to hear them. Everyone thought that I was crazy. (laughs) Well, those, those, those days are over. People are ready. People are ready for it now. Are you familiar with um, the concept of harmonic convergence? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So most people, if you don't know, I'll go ahead and give a little background. That term, it, is associated with this global event that went down. It was in August. August 17th, 1987. Damn girl. Yeah. It was my ex-boyfriend's birthday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And his, his grandma made such a big deal out of it. And so of course you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like my mind doesn't forget numbers. So no, it doesn't. That's, that's hysterical. You're like August 17th, 1987. Yeah. And mama Potch always talks about that date too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she was like very aware of it at the time. Yeah. So I wasn't alive. So I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't wasn't paying attention. I was a wee child. Um, so basically, yeah, it's this global event. You guys, it was August 17th, 1987. Let's get specific. It was over the course of two days. So it was this widely attended synchronized meditation and it was held to help achieve world peace. And you guys, you have to remember, we're talking about the late 1900s. Okay. (laughs) 
So it's 1987. There's no internet. There is no, no social media. There's nothing. No okay. So there's one guy. I think his name is Jose. Gosh, I should have looked this up before, but there's this. Jose are yeah. Gaia's? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's Jose. So anyway, this guy coordinates this and he gets people from around the world. We're talking millions of people from around the world to meditate at the same time over this two day period. So it's just so mind blowing. And they timed it. He timed it to coincide with a celestial event that involved the sun, the moon, and six planets. It was part of a grand trine. Mm-hmm. It allegedly aligned with a Mayan prophecy that said, when all these specific planets align, the calendar system, or like I guess the human race would enter a period where our calendar system would change, and that would enable us to experience world peace. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. like, Jose was heavily involved in the Maya, which is obviously what we are talking about before. A lot of that, it's all about... The Mayans were all about time and like Mama Pacho always says, like who owns your time owns your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they even, some people who practice the Maya, not practice, like it's a religion, but like they're involved in following the calendar. They think that time has kind of been hijacked. It's almost like a prison that we're existing in. And we have to like transcend that transcend time. But when you think about it, imagine if you were born and no one ever taught you the calendar that that we're experiencing or no one ever told you, Hey, there are 60 minutes in one hour. There are 24 hours in one day. There are 365 days in a year. Like if you weren't taught that, how would you experience time? Like I think about that all the time. Yeah. How would you experience it? Right. So you keep bringing up these points from the last episode. It's a solo cast. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, it's the hanged man. Nate, cause Naval talks about what are these beliefs or, um, identifications you have that you just were stamped with just from where you grew up. Yeah. You don't realize and the he, conditioning. You don't, you don't realize yeah. it. So that's so interesting. Well, I even think about that with aging too. Like I was having a deep talk with this, uh, with this awesome friend of mine. His name's Flynn. Flynn's Goodmore. Shout out to you on Instagram. Um, and he's a therapist and just like a really conscious dude. But we were talking about how when you're really doing the work on yourself and you're, you know, raising your consciousness and you're like so hyper present in that raising of your consciousness. And again, like looking at your patterns, looking at all these things that it almost like elevates you vibrationally to a point where you start to look different. Right. And we were talking about how we've noticed some people look younger. Some people look older than they, than they are based on again, like some of these different like practices they're doing and even like self-care plays into this. And that's another thing I was thinking about when, when we spoke, I was just like, if you had never been taught even age. Dude. Okay. So Christian Klausner, the astrologer on yeah. the episode, I keep bringing these up because you keep bringing up points. Yeah. This came out. It's the one right before this. And I literally picked the sun card when I decided to interview him. I didn't mm-hmm. tell him that though. I yeah. just picked it. And he's like, every day, he's like, for years, I meditate that I am the sun. And Whoa. he starts talking and I'm like, dude, when I met you, you radiate like the sun. He goes, because I meditate on it every wow. day. I have chills That's right so now. That's so awesome. Christian, Does he glow? Oh, Christian glows. I met Christian. Um, I'm going to shout out David Palmer one. right now. Yeah, it's Christian Klausner on Instagram. Uh-huh. But um, he, I met him in October 2022 at Leo King. But we all went out to we all went out to Texas because David was out there with Robert Phoenix. We were doing Harvest Moon for this big astrology conference. And Christian walked right up to me and we just kind of had a vibe right away. He just glows and he comes up and he is the highest. When you're in his presence, he radiates. And I mean, so much so that I was like, when I interview Christian, the only card I can do is sun. And he's like, I meditate on every day for years. So you do become, it's it's crazy. It's cool you brought that up. Yeah. Okay. So all of these cosmic systems, like we're both cosmic detectives. Like that's just, that's what it is. Like if we you, will uncover shit. Okay. Trust, trust, trust in that. You cannot hide anything. Yeah. Um, all of these cosmic systems fascinate me because they all end up tying into one another and they help to yeah. form a more nuanced understanding in a web that seems to only grow more expansive with each philosophy or system that you use when mm-hmm. you're decoding a situation or a person. So I want to know, let's say somebody new comes into your life. What systems are you considering and what do you use to try to understand how they might fit into your destiny or that particular time in your life? I think the first thing I always do, it's always going to be numerological based because I just think, I mean, we live in a numeric system. Everything is based on numbers. And if you understand numerology, I think that's like the strongest foundation for understanding the rest of the tools. So 
I'll always look at their birthday and kind of understand like their year cycle actually is where I first go. Like what's the energy you're experiencing right now? Cause that kind of informs you too, like how you can support someone or like what they're going through. If you're in alignment, like when I met you and I realized we were both in the same year cycle, I instantly was like, Oh my God, we're here to support each other. Like I know that. And then if I have their full birthday, which means the year too, I'll always look at like their life path. Like, okay, this is what you're doing in the world. And then beyond that, I usually look at the destiny cards. That's really, really quick and easy. It's a mashup of astrology and numerology. Again, I can know instantly um, by just their birthday without their year, like what's your card? Um, What's our connection through the cards? What's your timing? Some of the life path things your soul may have chosen before you came down here, some lessons you might be wanting to learn at different times in your life. Well, and numerology also will tell us like your karmic numbers. So I'll know if someone has karmic debt or karmic lessons. So again, like if I have everyone's information, like I have, if I have all their information, then I'll go and decode everything numerologically. But then my second is always the destiny cards. And then my third would be the Maya. And then after that, again, like astrology and human design will play in, but you need a lot more details for astrology and human design. Very cool. So have you ever, have you ever met anyone? Do you ever meet people and you like look at them and you're like, I'm not going to fuck with that. Like, do you, are there, are there oh, some Oh, people- like when I see their charts? Yeah. Like, do you ever like get info for like all these cosmic systems, you get their info yeah. and you're like, oh my God, no bueno. Um, the only time it really depends on the circumstance. Like I'll know right away if like, if I'm going to get along with someone, if you know what our connection is, like maybe we knew each other in a past life kind of thing. The only time that I really steer away from someone is if I see something in the chart, that's like a huge red flag. For example, when I meet like a man, if he has anger issues, those types of placements or anything that's manipulation, people who lack accountability, those sorts of traits that I find difficult to navigate, I'll probably stay away from. Or sometimes I'll know if I'm really going to trigger someone. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, you know, like I love this person. Maybe I don't hang out with them all the time. Maybe I hang out with them, you know, here and there, right? It's probably the same with you. Like if you pull tarot on someone. Yeah. It's so, and with the, yeah, with some of the numbers with the cards of destiny, source cards, cardomancy, there definitely are, we're all, we, we come in here with purposes and we're all in this video game, essentially yeah. this web, this video game, and we all play different parts, right? So there are people that are going to have more challenging times in their life or more challenging life paths, period. And we don't, we don't know why it's all just guessing, but it's like, maybe their soul is pretty advanced and chose to come down to really trigger some people or do yeah. some really messed up stuff to like get the game moving a little bit. So mm-hmm. I also want to know, this is just for me, <laughs> but uh, this is just for me. Um, you told me recently that here in mid-February, I'll be moving into a very oh, auspicious yeah, yeah. time. I told you that back in December, I think like early mm-hmm. December. Cause it's I remember like, that conversation actually. You do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was sitting at my parents' house I remember I never do trades, but we'd been like, let's do a trade. And I was like, cool. And you would give me a really awesome reading. And then we got on a call and I was like, yo, you have the North node about to transit your seventh house. And that's always like partners of destiny coming in huge soulmate energy. And the North node takes 19.6 years to transit our entire chart. So this isn't like a Mercury's retrograde, which tends to happen, you know, four times a year. This is like, Hey, the universe is going to bring you options. And what I love about that too, is that again, the tools are all kind of syncing up and they're, they're all saying the same thing, but differently. And you're in your year one, right? So whatever you start in this year is going to take for the next nine year cycles because numerological year cycles run in nine year cycles, but also after year one is year two and year two is partnership, right? So I always see people getting into relationships in years twos and six. And the fact that you have in astrology, the North node transiting your seventh house, which is a major partnership transit at the time of your year one and your year two, because it's going to take around two years to transit your seventh house. There's no doubt in my mind that you are going to be meeting people meeting. Yeah. That are like soul family, soul tribe, but also like, there's definitely going to be you know, an important man that you will, you, I mean, you're definitely going to fall in love in the next two years. Like there's just no possible way because Dude, I, I love to hear that. I've tracked this for so many people. And if you're listening, you know where I am. Like again, like even like I, what I, I wouldn't say this, but some people have come to me and they're like, I'm hopeless. I've been single for a decade. I'm 50. It's over for me. And I'm like, no, it's not. I promise you it's not. And again, like it's, 
there, I mean, there's just no way it's not going to happen. So is that, is that, is there like, is that kind of the trans that people should look for if they're wondering about that? Like that, um, there's North so many, well, that's a huge one in my opinion, but there are so many love transits that can happen in astrology and there are lots of aspects, right? So it's like North node was trining your Venus or something like that. But again, it's, and there's also like the fifth house is the house of romance. Seventh house is the house of marriage, right? Because who we can have our deepest romances with are not always who we can marry. So those houses are, are different, right? So, you know, even having major transits to the fifth house also could be big. But again, you have to look at the overall chart. But I would say numerologically, it's easier to track because it's very simple when you know your personal year cycle. So it's like if you're in the energy of a two or a six, relationships are going to feature prominently. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, I love, I love all this stuff. You go so deep. I guess, I guess you did write the book. You are cosmic code. No, Robert was saying that the other day. He's like, yeah. whoa. I'm like, yeah, sorry. You, you're a, yeah, you're going to be on Robert Edward Grant's mm-hmm. uh, podcast here soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. no, that's no small feat. Yeah. He's like, he's like the godfather of poly, like he's, he's like the godfather polymath. Yeah. He's very, very intelligent, like master pattern recognition guy. Yeah, he's also a Skywalker, which is my compliment in the Maya. So we did talk a bit about that. But man, we were, we were like, we went for like two hours. Oh my gosh. What was, was one time. of the coolest things about like heading over to do that podcast or like meeting with him in person? I know you, I know you guys had known yeah. each other from before, but. I mean, he is such a cosmic detective, just like we are. <laughs> His discoveries in Egypt, and he was like showing me things before we got on the podcast, matching things up that he was finding in the pyramid. In, in uh, Giza. Yeah. Yeah. And then matching that up to like some of Da Vinci's work. Yeah. I've seen that like the Vitruvian man. Yeah. Is that, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then like the last supper and then the last supper is crazy. That's yeah. all. The, it's like astrological, but he was bringing astrology into it. And, you know, he's very much into all of these tools, just a very, very high level person. Yeah. So I actually, I saw a podcast, I was watching a pod, it was Aubrey Marcus podcast and it was, it was a little while ago, but Robert was on and I remember, um, I'm not quoting, but Aubrey said something. He, he was just kind of, uh, maybe like saying he wasn't sure about how, um, accurate astrology was, or if there was really a place for yeah. it in his school of thought. And Robert's just little smile, I remember. And he's like, well, oh, there's so much. It's well, like based in like such a- the future is this though. Yeah. You know, I think the future is the merging of spirituality and science. And the thing is, it's just wild to me when people want to dismiss these tools so quickly when they've existed pretty much since the dawn of man. You know what I mean? Like we've been using these tools. Like num- numerology has existed for as long as numbers have. And astrology shows up in so many ancient cultures and even in, like in India, for example, like numerology and astrology are not seen as like some weird spiritual woo-woo thing. Like, in fact, when you're born there, you get your birth chart as well. So it's it's weird. There's this stigma in the West. Um, it's not weird to me at all because once you have the information, oh my God, can't yeah. you? There's a huge lever you can pull. You have all this extra leverage. Just me understanding and knowing when I look at the astrology or looking at numbers more, I'm not feeling like I want to X, Y, Z, for example. I I don't want to do something. And it's like, this isn't the time to do Mm -hmm. it. And you don't have to go against the natural rhythms that are happening. It's just, it's to me, it's a cheat code and it makes sense why it was suppressed and then ridiculed by these bigger systems. And what's interesting and I'm not the super expert on this, but I know enough to be dangerous. It's like astrology is the, it's the basis for most religions. I mean, and people are like, what? And you just start timing up. It's like all of your religious holidays are actually like major events that are happening in the night sky. And, you know, even with Christianity, it's like the three wise men were astrologers. They were following the stars, right? So it's all, it's all just, it's more information. And I, let people know this in readings as well. People will come for tarot readings. They're like, what do the cards say? And I always am so adamant, whatever ability I have been given, and I'm so grateful for it. I am not, you know, the cards are not a crystal ball. They're a mirror. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you'll see that emoji, that purple emoji. And I even use it like the crystal ball because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. It's cute. But it's like the cards and these systems rely on, we're in this, we're in this universe and it's, it's, it, it's multidimensional and 
All of these systems tell you what's happening with the current energies at play as they stand now. And any change in factor, anything can move you into a different timeline. And so people come and, you know, you know there's, there's hard readings and I am not, there are tarot readers and intuitives out there and they will sugarcoat and they'll try to find a different meaning in the cards <laughs> and they'll say what you want to hear. Not you. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Same people. Not but me. I think people yeah. trust you more because you don't sugarcoat because I get that from a lot of people. They're like, you're so honest that even though it, it might piss me off when you tell me something, I know yeah. I can trust you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. I have a, I have a repeat client and we just did a reading this week. It was, it was a long reading, hour and a half. And I, I had to give her oh some God. news. I was like, Hey, the next couple of years are going to be rough. Like yeah. it looks rough. And I'm not just, you know, and I'm very, I'm very responsible when I say this stuff. I'm not saying it just, I flip a card and I'm like, this is going to be tough. I mean, I'm tapping into this person's team. I'm looking at numbers. I'm looking at, I'm getting Everything, as much yeah. information. Listen, but I think that's helpful. Yeah. And, and she was kind of like, well, thanks for telling me. Listen, yeah. Know that like this period is going to be a little down. Then you come up. I go, but then look what's happening once you take care. And it's always something. And the person always knows it. It's something in their life that they know they need to be handling. Yeah. I had a, I had a, well, just like us in our year nine. Yep. Like we were in relationships that like were not fully aligned and like we knew that, Yeah, you know, but it's one thing to like know that mentally, but then also, you know, the heart wants what it wants too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, absolutely. but we knew we're like, Hmm, something's not quite right. right. Or something's fucked up. And it's, yeah, like, there's, when there's emotions involved, it's just, right. it's, it's so hard. Untangle. And then you're in a year nine and it's like your mm. career and then health. Or, oh God. And so much happens. Such a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Last year, last year was hard. Last year was hard. Oh, thank God for the star. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, thank God. Yeah. So I think it's just really, I do, what I love is that these systems are coming online more. So many people are open to talking about it. So many people that you would just never think, I mean, I'm, I also do consulting in the digital and tech space. I was on a call two weeks ago, probably week, two weeks ago. And I am with all men and they're all in their, you know, fifties to sixties. They're all in the tech world. I mentioned something about, oh, you know, we just moved into the age of Aquarius just to kind of throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. And one guy, you know, one, one guy's like, oh yeah, I heard about this. And they're kind of yeah. chatting, but these are not the guys. These are like, oh, not I have guys. so many male clients. It's crazy. <laughs> and what's so funny is that a lot of them are like more prominent and you would like know some of them, but they don't talk about this stuff. Right. So it's just like so funny when I see people talking trash. Well, that dude that you like idolize who's in finance is actually like my client and he calls me when he wants to make big financial decisions. So clearly when people are coming, you're helping to guide them through the knowledge of the tools. Again, I'm not saying that I'm special and it's me. It's just my, my knowledge of what I've studied. There's obviously truth to this. There's obviously something to it, but I think there's still this weird stigma, especially with straight men where it's want to even admit that they're using these tools. Yeah. You know, but yeah. they are. Yeah. And the, and the times are changing. I think also there's just more awareness. We're able to feel energy more. At least, mm -hmm. I mean, again, this is just in my groups. I obviously hang out with people that are more into this stuff, but I yeah. do feel like it is, even in the general public, I'll just strike up conversations with people and like people are coming more online and aware of like oh, how- sure energies flow. It's undeniable. It's, it's, un yeah. I mean, I'll just, it's undeniable. Yeah. Everyone. It's I mean, last year was universal year seven, which was, uh, seven is the number of spiritual awakenings. So I don't, I mean, it's so crazy that we had our death year, our personal death years. I, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't any more intense because I'm the seven of diamonds. Right. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. it makes yeah. perfect sense. For yeah. Me. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like last year consciousness expanded so much. It, but it, it wasn't the time to take action. It wasn't the time to really do anything about that. Now we're in uh, universal year eight, 2024. And now it's like, okay, now it's time to apply that consciousness in the material world, in the material realm. We're just moving more and more towards a society and a world where people want that deeper meaning and they want to, they're seeing it more as like tools. Cause I think there used to be a stigma, like, especially because people would associate like astrology, numerology and tarot with demonic. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, Oh my goodness. And it, like, you can use anything for good or for bad. Right. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you'd use. I actually love, so I, you know, tarot found me. I didn't like go out trying to be oh a God, tarot reader. Numerology. Yeah. Tarot. Cause it can't be in a dream. Yeah. This, 
incredible artist. Um, she's in Brooklyn. Her name's Micah Kelly. We are really good friends um, back in a period of time in 2015 in the Pacific Palisades. In her, your year one. In my year one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Wow. Mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. The seeds that planted then are now. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah. haven't even decoded that. Shout out, Yeah, Micah. for anyone who's listening right now, 2024 is the same energy or similar to 2015. So there will definitely be some parallels if you go back and track your cycles. Like there was something you were probably doing in 2015 that you might also be doing now. It could even be like a theme. Right? Or, or something you started in 2015 that closed in 2023. Right? Or didn't close. Or didn't <laughs> close. Oh, that's, so- that's my personal <laughs> life. Sorry, guys. Oh, that story is yeah, yeah. Crazy. Oh my gosh, it's like it's mind blowing, actually. But yeah, I so know. I really want to talk about it publicly, but then it's well, let's just do it on on another episode. I don't Be- think it's appropriate. <laughs> just you know what I'm saying? It's like appropriate, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like on the next episode, we will. But yeah, my my good <laughs> if Ke- things take <laughs> if things if things take Deception Island. <laughs> Shout out! Shout out Deception Island. <laughs> so Micah Kelly, she was really good friends with a very good friend of mine, Michael Allen, who's just an incredible artist and photographer in LA. He's incredible. So I was spending a lot of time with them. And one day we were at the house and uh, she gifted me a deck of cards from someone who was very important to her who had passed yeah. away. And we would use the cards. And I just remember she was almost encouraging to, yeah, me yeah. to use them. And I instantly became mesmerized. And I wasn't unfamiliar with the tarot. My mom would take me to these little like fairy and elf and metaphysical stores when I was young. And I remember probably she got maybe maybe a handful or less of readings when I was younger. And she'd go, I went and saw a psychic or a tarot reader. So it was, I knew they existed, but it just wasn't a day-to-day in my day-to-day life. I was very much in the spiritual realms and like doing all the, you know, the workshops and the studying and the self-work. And I was into yoga and meditation and making guided meditations for people on SoundCloud and doing a lot of writing and internal work. But when she introduced me to the cards, it was just this, it was just part of my soul. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was very quickly, I just was learning it. I absorb information very quickly anyway. It's part of my design, but it was really quick that I learned this. And Well, I think you're really just channeling though. Like I specifically, I don't think every tarot reader is psychic or super intuitive, but I think with you, it was just like a, a tool yes. that immediately allowed your intuition and like opened up the floodgates. Yes. Right. And I think for you too, it helped you to feel even more confident about the information that was coming through because you're already picking up on things all the time. But then when you pull the card and you're like, oh shit. It's just confirmation. It's exactly. And then it gives you more of that confidence to keep going. Wow. Okay. Good reflection. Yeah. That's actually on my website. I actually say I use the tarot to confirm the messages that are coming through. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. I wrote those words and it didn't like hit yeah. me the way. It's just your, your tool. It's, it's like you're, tool. you're like a wizard and that's your magical staff. Oh, I like that. Call me a wizard again. Yeah, you're for real. <laughs> you're a red crystal dragon wizard. <laughs> no, I'm serious. So cool. I need to get a t-shirt. You know, that. it's like, like our friend Monique, she Shout doesn't out use Monique. tools. She's in, yeah. she's in an episode before. Yeah, yeah. Started. And she does. She doesn't use any tools. She's just like psychic channel, and like she also went to school for that, right? But I think with you, it was use the cards, and boom. And same with like when I look at numbers and I'm looking at someone's cosmic code, it's like all of a sudden I'll be talking to them about, I don't know, their life path or something, and then all of a sudden something comes through, and they're like, "What?" And I was like, "I don't need. I don't know where that came through." Like that's again like a tool for me to open up and just be like, "Here is what I'm feeling and seeing." That's so true. I remember. So in LA, I'm doing this and you know, people are just kind of noticing Mm -hmm. it. And I remember I was actually invited to do my first professional reading and it was for someone who's more well-known. And I was so, so at a party and this, my good friend, Michael, he was like, oh, she does readings. I'm like, no, no, I'm just amateur. And he goes, what are you talking about? And this person invited me back to their home with their partner and I gave a reading and they were both shocked. And I was shocked. I was like, gosh, this really is a thing, even though I'd been doing it, you know, for years at that point. And yeah, it just, it flowed from there. And it, it's so interesting. People will come, this happens, let's say this happens hmm, 25% of the time. It's not every time people will say, I have a question and they'll sit down and let's say it's about their career right? and they'll mm-hmm. sit down and I'll be feeling in the energy. And I get um, with some people, I feel they're what I call teams, which just to me, it feels like light bars or energy that surround them. Mm-hmm. Um, I often will get colors will sweep in and they'll the colors will have different consistencies. They will have different weights. They'll come in at different areas around the person. They come with different feelings inside of them. I just started calling them light bars. Mm-hmm. And now I think they're part of a light being system, you know, a light being yeah. from the star system. 
but people will sit down, oh, I want to talk about the career and their team will come in and I'll begin getting information. And it's a feeling, it's a no, I just know it in my head, like a fact comes in my head and I'll flip the cards and I'm like, this is not about your career. And they're like, no, it is. I'm like, no. And I'm very direct, like, you know, and there'll be no indication that this is happening, but I'll say like, do you have a drinking problem? Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're shocked. Mm -hmm. And I'll have very specific information like, hey, I'm not, I'm not shaming you. You've got circumstances happening. What's really great is I feel like I'm able to help people in that way because sometimes people come for help and they know that they need help in an area, but they almost are like approaching it in a in an easier way because it may be something difficult like to do. Like beating with. around the bush. Beating around the bush. Mm-hmm. But once it's there and I'm like, hey, dude, I can see this. You're not denying it. Like, let's work on it. And then mm-hmm. people, you know, will come back and uh, I actually have a few people that they're like, you're kind of like a counselor or a therapist to me now. Yeah. I always say I'm a glorified therapist. Yeah. That's how yeah. it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, for whatever reason, I can just feel and sense and know certain things. It's, it's very interesting. So for this one, I'm so curious. I asked my last guest, Christian Klausner, who I was talking about the astrologer. I asked him about this too. And I said, what, I asked him, what sense do you get about the energies for 2024? Like collectively, Mm. what might be more present for us at a 30,000 foot perspective based on the numbers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or your intuitions, astrology? Well, I would say that the biggest thing about 2024 is that, and I said this before, but it's a universal year eight and eight is the only number that has to do with the material realm and money. It's also the number of power, right? So there's going to be tremendous power shifts going on in our society. And I think this is really echoed through Pluto moving into Aquarius as well. You know, I think the past couple of years, especially since, you know, we experienced lockdowns, I think people are kind of like, wait a minute, where are we giving our power and our time to? A lot of people are like, I'm not happy working five days a week and barely getting by. So again, there's going to be tremendous shifts in how we as a society want to use our power. And then that's obviously going to echo through, I don't want to say like who's ruling, but like more of the people who are in power that a lot of that's going to shift. And then again, like eight being money. I think a lot of our financial institutions are going to shift dramatically. And we're already starting to see this in a day to day where it's, I can't tell you how many places I go that don't take cash anymore. Crypto's like still really on the rise Again, I think how we're working with money and just money in general, everything is going to be shifting. And it's all kind of setting up, setting us up for 2025, which is going to be a nine, a universal year nine, lots of endings, lots of shifts. So I do think like society is kind of going through this like strange, like reset, right? And again, Pluto and Aquarius is incredibly important to understand. And I talked about this a little bit on my Instagram and I don't want to ever scare anyone, but you know, the last time Pluto was in Aquarius was during the American Revolution. And that's when people were like, enough. <laughs> we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. And I'm already feeling that tremendously in the collective. And again, there's been such a shift of consciousness and people are like, I want to enjoy my life. And like, our society is sick on a lot of different levels. Like all of the crap that's in our food and in our air and in our water. We're just bathing in a web of 5G. Yeah, exactly. Like Like people are sick. Like they're physically sick. They're physically burnt out. And a lot of people are just like, I'm just done, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of that shifting. And I think it's always darkest before the dawn. I think sometimes, I think a lot of people are looking out at our society right now and they're like, oh my God, it's all going to shit. I don't think so. I think now is the most magical time to be alive. But again, it's gonna, it will have to get a little bit darker before it gets lighter. And, you know, we are in an election year. So we're in an election year in a universal eight year. So again, it's, I don't like to like say anything that will ever scare people. It's funny because Robert asked me, he's like, what do you think is going to happen this year with the election? I was like, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that publicly. I do think, expect the unexpected for sure. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, I feel similarly that it's not, it's not anything to be afraid of. No. We have an entire, we have, we're, we're in February now. There's 10 and a half months left from the time this episode comes out to get your ducks in a row with how you earn money, consider what you're doing and kind of get ahead of the game. So you don't have to have a tower moment. Stay in your, stay up to date with yourself, how you're building things in your life and the energies you're allowing in and having that discernment. I just feel like you can put yourself on a better foundation, not to say that you can just sail through a nine and nothing happens, 
But man, if you're out of whack and then you go into a tower moment, then you're even more twisted up. So yeah, yeah, very interesting. Well, that 30,000 foot perspective is probably a good note for us to end on because you have a flight to London in three hours. (laughs) You have been in Nashville oh for God. less than 24 hours. So yeah, yeah I want to thank tired. You. I'm I'm tired too, girl. I was doing a tarot event till like two in the morning. I'm like, I want to thank you so much for connecting today in this way. It's so great. I love just our, our mind meld conversations. And more than anything, I want to end on a note about your music mm-hmm. because I've heard the new tracks. I know they're insane. Mm-hmm. So where can people find you if they want to make sure to know when all the new stuff does come out? Like how can yeah. they just... I'm most active on Instagram, definitely Instagram at Carehart, so K-A-E-R-H-A-R-T. Yeah, and everything will be in the show notes, obviously, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Thank you so much, babe. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on. Okay. <laughs> Let's get you to the airport. <laughs> okay. Therapy and then airport. It's like right on time. Keep exploring, keep questioning, and stay immersed in the infinite drop. Drop.